turn off the cruise control. It's time to press forward. Hello, 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 overcomers. Welcome to episode eight of a Divine Healing Journey podcast with Tina Hightower Garrett and Wanda Mitchell Parenti, two sisters on a journey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's episode, Lies, Lies, and More Lies with Dr. Hollis Pierce Jenkins. I hope that you all are ready for this ride. It's going to be a real trip. So join me as we get ready to welcome Dr. Hollis Pierce Jenkins. But first, we are going to get into our devotional. Thank you so much for that, Wanda. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to uh, definitely go on this ride with Dr. Hollis Pierce. But before we get started, we're going to read the devotional today, which is, Who is Your Teacher? And it's coming from Luke 2.41. Jesus' parents couldn't find him for three days. Why? Because he was at the temple, sitting among teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When his parents saw him, they were amazed. Yes, Jesus was among the teachers. He was learning from them. Are we around people that can teach us? Are we pouring out and not being poured into? If you noticed, a lot of successful people have mentors and coaches. The definition of a coach is someone whose job is to teach people to improve at a sport, skill, or school subject. A coach's job is to bring out the qualities that are within a person. A football coach doesn't make the plays. He instructs and motivates the player. Are we willing to listen, listen to the advice of others? Do we have to always be in charge? Do things have to go our way or else it's not right? Do we have a hard time trusting others? If we answered yes to at least one of these questions, let's work on making a change. If Jesus could learn from teachers, why can't we? Notice how Jesus was sitting among the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Sometimes we can't learn because we're not listening. Are you guilty of interrupting someone when they're talking? I am definitely guilty of this. We are unable to receive good advice when we're, when we're not willing to listen. The good news is Jesus is our greatest mentor. Who is your teacher? Well, I'm going to share Dr. Hollis Pierce bio with you all. Dr. Pierce is the executive director for literacy for environmental justice in San Francisco, where she was responsible for the overall operation and sustainability of a social enterprise that promotes ecological health, environment stewardship, and community development in Southeast San Francisco by creating urban greening, eco-literacy, community stewardship, and workforce development. 
LEJ or LEDGE provides echo adventures for school age children and other community members to camp, kayak, practice environmental stewardship, and learn about community health and environmental justice in San Francisco. Dr. Hollis has also held positions in elementary school administration and teaching positions, grades four through eight, as well as development positions in private and parochial elementary schools and a social enterprise nonprofit organization. Dr. Pierce holds a BA in political science from UC Berkeley, a master's in education in curriculum development from DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois, a doctorate in education, organization and leadership at University of San Francisco. She has served on the board of directors for Arise High School and Conservatory of Vocal and Instrumental Music known as Kova, both in Oakland, California. She's a certified leadership coach and energy leadership master practitioner. Dr. Pierce is also a published author of Personal Perceptions of Leadership Styles and Behaviors of Elementary School Principals in Urban Settings. She is also a devoted wife and mother. Please join me again as we welcome to our podcast today, Lies, Lies, and More Lies, Dr. Hollis Pierce Jenkins. Welcome, 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 Hollis. It's just so good to have you here. Um, and before, and I know you have so much to, to share with us, and it goes back to the devotional. You are truly beyond a teacher. You know, who is your teacher? When I see all of this information, I'm like, oh my goodness, um, this is the epitome of who a, a teacher is. Um, I, but I'm going to dive in too, because what really impressed me is the current position that you hold and all the great things that uh, you're doing in the community, um, particularly San Francisco, the restoration, and, and just what you're doing with the youth. And, and I guess the question that I have for you is, why was the LE, LE Justice Program formed and for what purpose? So Literacy for Environmental Justice has been around 22 years. And the formation of that nonprofit really was in response to the residents of Bayview Hunters Point because residents in that community live among industrial pollution, their air quality issues, there is a lot of unhoused people that live in the Bayview Hunters Point community. There is a lot of dumping, toxic waste. PG&E had um, their PowerPoint power plant located near residents. So there's a high incident of asthma and heart disease in that community. And so the residents wanted green space to be able to walk, enjoy recreational space, very similar to places like Chrissy Field in San Francisco over in the wealthier neighborhoods. And they actually 
through several mayors, finally got the California Parks District to start paying attention to the shoreline around Candlestick Point. And so as a result of those actions through the mayors of San Francisco, they finally had Candlestick Point declared as an urban space, an urban park for the community and to resurrect walking trails, cleaning up the coast from all the dumping, the illegal dumping that goes on there. And so it was really in response to that need. And in addition to that, they wanted their kids to be able to play safely in the water, to be able to learn swimming and kayaking and to be able to walk to their park and not feel unsafe. That's awesome. That's, that is definitely awesome. So it, it sounds as though too, and I'm gonna keep diving in a little deeper, uh, the children and the youth are involved in this program. Am I correct? You are very correct. Okay. And, and were there I, scholarships and how do they learn and, and, and how is this program like, how do you find the youth to participate in this type of program? So there are two aspects to our work. The Eco Adventures program is available to students K through 12. And we reach them through San Francisco Unified. Okay. So the schools will reach out to us and schedule times to come and visit the park. We have a nursery located at 1150 Carroll Avenue. And it's actually located right next to the Alice Griffith housing um, units. So we take kids out and teach them how to kayak. We teach them the importance of taking care of their environment. So we give training on ecological stewardship. We teach them the importance of planting and getting them back in touch with their roots, basically. Mm -hmm. Our stakeholders are mostly black and brown and now Asian students. And when you tap into their cultural beginnings, they're tied to the land. And so at our nursery, we have community gardens and the residents at Alice Griffith can actually rent the community boxes for $10 a year and they're able to grow their own fresh fruit and vegetables. Wow. That's so interesting, Hollis. Uh, Tina and I were talking about um, Ledge the other night and I said, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's genius when you find a place like the Hunter's Point area and the way to rebuild and take care of it is to bring the kids in and, and teach them how to take care of their community. That to me is just ingenious. May I ask what the primary demographic is? For our Eco Adventures program? Yes. It's mostly African-American students and Latinx students. And we serve the, the schools that are in District 10, which is Baby Hunters Point. Got it. Now, through gentrification, that is slowly changing. Mm -hmm. 
And so that is the other just socioeconomic reality that's happening. But I, I also think it's an opportunity to teach tolerance mm -hmm. on an acceptance of others mm -hmm. and to provide a holistic platform where kids who don't come into this world with their biases and their, their racist views to yeah. allow them to embrace each other and learn from each other. And what better way than food? Food is a common yes. language among all cultures and it's just healing. I agree. I, I, I definitely believe that food is the universal language. Is this a program that can be adopted by other communities? Because I think, I think it would be great. That is the hope. Okay. For as long as LESH has existed, we have a wealth of curriculum developed around nurseries and habitat restoration. And there's a lot of documentation and I would like to codify what we've done and to be able to share that with other communities across the country. I think what we have is tremendous. And I think we could be the leading edge of spreading that knowledge to other communities. So I will give you an example. We are also on Treasure Island mm -hmm. where we have a nursery. And I should explain the nursery work. We're hired by city and county of San Francisco to provide the landscaping for all the new housing developments. And that earned income gets reinvested into the nonprofit side of our work. Oh, that's okay. Now, um, another question, I guess, how are the, it, it sounds like the children are really, this would be a program where I know I would enjoy that um, if I was a youth uh, growing up in that area and seeing things just change around me. Um, are the parents so receptive to this? Because I know that's totally changing the whole thought process of learning. Uh, and, and how are the students, um, how are they embracing uh, uh, this program? The students are joyful and coming out of the pandemic, mm -hmm. because we had to close the programming down last year when we went into shelter in place. Once the kids were able to come back, they were ecstatic because it's hands-on, it's experiential learning. They can actually touch the soil, look at the plants, remove the invasive species, understand what's a healthy plant and what's bad for the environment. And the parents normally don't come with the Eco Adventure Adventures programs unless they're chaperones. But the ones that do come embrace it. And there's a school right next door to us. But because of the unhoused population, for a long time, the entrance of the park was barricaded because there were people that were blocking the entrance to the park. So it's been a concerted effort between the police department and the parks department to make sure it is a safe space. And that was the parents' 
largest concern, the safety of their children. And in light of what's going on in the world, for we sure. certainly understand For sure, for it sure. should be safe to be able to walk from your school, which is five minutes from where we're located, and be safe. For sure, for sure. So true. So Hollis, it's very apparent that not only do you have a heart for the environment, um, you have a ginormous heart for children. Tell me about that. Tell me, I, I mean, you know, of course, uh, I probably most of us have a heart for children, but you truly have a heart for children and you demonstrate it um, so well. Tell me about that, your, your passion and your love for children. So Tina has known me since I was a little girl and we had an amazing childhood. We had sure. loving parents. We went to school in San Francisco and it was at a time when teachers went into education for the love of teaching. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot that mm -hmm. because that love of learning that was instilled in me as a child was priceless. And I went on to the corporate world and I was successful. But in 1991, I was dealing with major projects at a management consulting firm, supervising hundreds of temporary employees who couldn't fill out a job application. And I started questioning what is going on in education where 30 year olds trying to support families are working with minimum wage jobs and cannot read and write. And I was really tired of the corporate rat race and I started doing my What Color Is Your Parachute? And I thought, what do you love to do? You love to teach. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school, got my master's degree, and went to teach in the housing projects of Chicago. And I did that because I wanted to go where people said kids could not succeed. I didn't want to run to the suburbs and be safe. I wanted to go into the inner city and find what is happening with our kids. And I have to say, those kids in my first year of teaching taught me more about life and resilience than I probably taught them about reading, writing, and arithmetic. But it's from that lens that I know what we're preparing kids for when they graduate. And I can tell you education is not doing that right now. So what led me to ledge is I need to find a way to prepare these kids to be sustainable and successful when they graduate from school. That's, that's awesome. And it sounds like also, and what I gather from that is, I mean, because our topic is lies, lies, and more lies. I'm certain a lot of this came from um, the misinformation and the lies that have been spoken to so many of these children as they were growing up, particularly in the environment that they were living in. And I really commend you because like you said, we've, I've known you since a child and we were blessed to have parents that were there, but a lot of these kids were not. But what I really I'm impressed by is the fact that you went 
to where they are, where they were. You went to Chicago. You're like, let me get firsthand. Maybe I haven't experienced this. So let me experience it. Because how can we teach if we don't know what someone else is going through, particularly the children? And it sounds like to me, um, what the biggest lie probably was is that they could not be successful and that they were kind of just um, just um, put in this box because they haven't seen or had the support of someone to tell them you can do something different, like you showing them a different way of education, a different way, uh, a different source. And and I, I just I just think that that is awesome. And it also kind of helps and I hope I'm not going too far to the right, um, because it's also what we see, right? If you only see um, a certain um, environment or you lived in a certain environment and you don't have a mentor or a coach or someone that you can look up to, then you're going to believe those lies around you that you can't do anything other than what you're doing. So it sounds like just through this program, it's giving children hope and it's giving them a, pro a promise for tomorrow, which is awesome, also awesome. Definitely. The other thing I, I would like to add, the other important factor with our youth is I'm trying to build intergenerational healing. Mm. And I have adopted the residents of Alice Griffith because I want our youth to see heroes in their community. When I ask young people who their, their hero heroes are and they always talk about people that are no longer with us and I'm like you are walking among heroes in your community talk to them when you can still have a conversation they have a wealth of knowledge that you will never find in google mm -hmm. take advantage of it and the elders really do want to share their stories with young people and it's not being taught in the schools and so I just want our young people to embrace the people around them and find out what the struggles of the community still are. Mm -hmm. It's still a food desert in Baby Hunter's Point. There's still pollution issues and there's still health disparities. But collectively, we can find a holistic way to move forward and to really start addressing these concerns with another generation who can become activists and, and act out of compassion for the people in their community. Love it. Well, that's so great. And um, before we go, because we're almost out of time, and thank you so much, um, Dr. Pierce, for all of your insight um, surrounding our children and education, which is so important. And, you know, our episode today is Lies, Lies, and More Lies. And I have a, I have several granddaughters, but one of my granddaughters in particular <clears throat> is always saying that, you know, she's always calling herself stupid, dumb. I can't learn that. That's too hard. Um, things seem to be a lot more easy for her sisters than herself. And so um, she, she's starting to not enjoy school and learning. And I know that there is another um, uh, entity that you also work with um, and it's called, and I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but is it Anakita? 
Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we go? Because I was just sharing with my, my daughter-in-law that I think this would be excellent for our little bell. So if you could um, briefly share Anakita with us. Sure. Anakita is a tutoring program founded by an African-American scientist out of Harvard. She started it in August of 2020, and it is geared to support students of color in math and science. And the tutors uh, look like they're students. Mm. And they're as much as mentors and encouragers as they are tutors. Because sometimes what unlocks the door for students is someone who understands me, who looks like me, and who believes in me. Oh, that's good right there. And who believes in me. Uh, right. And, and who believes in me. And, and I'm not going to go too far off because I want to stay right where we're at here. Because it kind of goes ties into what Wanda was saying about our bail. But what do you believe is the root cause of underachievement within the public educational structure? What do you believe is the root cause? And it's kind of going back to your, the book, uh, your book, Personal Perceptions of Leadership Styles and Behaviors of Elementary Students. So I can speak directly to that question. Okay. Prior to coming to LEGE, I was the executive director for Superstars Literacy. And I can tell you, the largest problem with our student achievement is they're struggling with reading. And while schools are still debating about what's the best way to teach reading, the teachers need to be trained in liter literacy. Our students are struggling. Our regular students are struggling. Our English as a second language students are struggling. And until that is accomplished, our children are gonna enter school behind. What would you say would be, um, to, so someone who's listening right now, how could they um, partner with their child to maybe bring their um, achievement scores or their the literacy uh, up another notch because we can't go two notches, but how do we start just a notch at a time where it's basic to kind of get them on board where they need to be? Do you have any advice to, to Belle who, uh, who is feeling that she can't do it, which she can because she's a genius within because they all are right so what would what would you say to a bell what would you say to someone who is feeling that they because they don't feel like they can keep up and they're they're not an achiever or they're looking at someone else who can read better what what would you say even in terms of baby steps would be um, a good suggestion before we go to those parents to help that child there is an, a literacy expert that i met several years ago he has created an app called Footsteps to Brilliance. Mm. And that program I have used with young people and it immediately immerses them into a literacy program that builds up their success. Mm. Awesome. It uses baseline data to assess where they are when they start the program and every lesson rewards them when they succeed or reteaches it, 
if they didn't quite get the concepts, but the interaction with the program gives them the validation that they are doing well and they can be successful. Well, ladies, before we get ready to go today, I'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, Kissed by Malu. Love is in the hair products. Say goodbye to your dry, brittle hair. Kiss by Malu offers quality hair products with simple ingredients made with love. Add life to your hair with aloe that soothes the scalp, herbs that promote growth and stimulates follicles, avocado and coconut that softens and seals moisture. This handcrafted vegan hair product is made with all crowns in mind. Visit kissbymalu.com on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok today. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been great. And it's just about time for us to go. But, and and, and let me just say, it has been amazing speaking with you. This information has been yes. so wonderful, so on time and so great for our parents and, and our children. We don't have to believe the lies. There are resources out there to help our children be the best students that they can be. There are educators out there who love what they do and want to teach our children um, everything that they need to know to take care of the environment and to yes. be just better students. And so Dr. Hollis, can you tell our listeners if they have any additional questions or comments, concerns, how they can reach you? You can call me at area code 415-770-1222. Or you can email me at hollis.pierce at ledge, L-E-J, youth, Y-O-U-T-H dot org. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been just awesome. And before we say goodbye, because we don't, well, we don't like to say goodbye so long, or we'll see you later. Uh, we will, there's a prayer that's in our prayer journal book that we like to always end with each um, devotional. We'll just end with the prayer. And that is mighty God, give me ears to listen and learn from others. Let me teach when possible. Don't let pride get in the way of learning. I thank you, God, for being the best mentor and coach. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Destination, destiny. 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 destiny.